Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up here in just a few moments, Congressman Kelly Armstrong is going to join us from Washington, D.C. Just a quick reminder, he is on the House Judiciary Committee, so we had a chance today to question Special Counsel Bob Mueller, and he absolutely knocked it out of the park. In fact, President Trump ended up retweeting Congressman Armstrong's uh, short little video that he put up on Twitter of himself questioning Bob Mueller. Uh, so that was pretty exciting for him. I also asked Congressman Armstrong, hey, should there be an ethics investigation into one of the squad, meaning Representative Elon Omar? So stick around for that. But let's start with a tweet from President Trump from earlier today that I think pretty much sums up today's Mueller hearings. The Democrats, as we all know, thought, let's bring Mueller in. He's for sure going to seal the deal. Once they hear from Bob Mueller, they were selling us, hey, no one reads the book. This will be the movie. So like once they hear from Bob Mueller, we're going to have everybody across America in the streets with pitchforks going impeachment, impeachment. So instead of talking about Russia, 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 it was going to be impeach, impeach, impeach. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Instead, you've got President Trump after the hearings now tweeting things out like this. Hey, I'd like to thank the Democrats for holding this morning's hearing. <laughs> now, after three hours, Rob Mueller has to subject himself to shifty Schiff, Adam Schiff, an embarrassment to our country, meaning about Adam Schiff. Um, if you watched all the hearing, some of the hearing, bits and pieces of the hearing, because we've dropped now $35 million in three years of Russia, 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 can we all just take a brief moment tonight and say thank you to the Democrats? Finally, hopefully they can say, you know what, we just need to put this thing behind us. Let's actually focus on the American people rather than all this, you know, as President Trump would say, uh, witch hunt, a hoax. But just to give you some other context, Drudge, uh, Matt Drudge from Drudge Report, he also tweeted this out What many people were saying Throughout the day, he goes on and put this as sort of the top of Drudge Report, dazed and confused. And his tweet, he says, hey, drug test everyone in Washington, D.C., everyone. I mean, it was, it was at times hard to watch Bob Mueller go through this testimony. Also, after, I think during the first hearing earlier today, uh, Chuck Todd was on NBC talking about it. So I tweeted this out because I happened to catch this. But even, even Chuck Todd from Meet the Press does not like President Trump. Even he said, hey, the optics of the Mueller hearing today, complete disaster. Disaster. So let's break this down for him. We got a tweet from Donald Trump, who's been going through this Russia hoax now for two and a half, three years, now thanking the Democrats for the hearings. You got Matt Drudge going, wait a second, dazed and confused with Bob Mueller. Chuck Todd saying that Mueller was a complete disaster. So when you look at that, you guys, you gotta just at home take a moment and ask yourself and go, okay. Disaster, dazed and confused. How in the world did Rod Rosenstein hire Mueller? I mean, you watch some of the testimony today and you're like, you can just sit down and interview the guy for a few minutes. And it's, it's, and look, I respect Bob Mueller for his service to our country. So please hear and understand that. But you look, you look at him today and it's pretty clear he's not ready for this type of investigation. He's just not there. And that's probably exactly why President Trump, remember, he interviewed Bob Mueller be before he was a, uh, anointed, I was going to say, but chosen as special counsel. He, he was going to interview him for the next FBI director and said, no, you're not the right guy. And I think now you can see why President Trump said no. So you got to remember this. Mueller and Comey, and this was actually brought up today in the hearings, Mueller and Comey, they're buddies. They're friends. 
So I just asked you, why in the world would Rod Rosenstein hire Mueller? Well, because, remember, Rod Rosenstein is the guy that joked about, joked, I should put in quotes, about wearing a wire with the president. So Rod goes on and hires a swamp creature, Bob Mueller, to go out and do what? Protect the swamp. Protect the swamp. That's exactly why Congressman Armstrong, earlier today, went along his line of questioning, asking about, you know, the conflict of interest, the people that Bob Mueller hired for this entire special counsel team. So we'll get to that in a moment, because earlier today I did speak with Congressman Armstrong to get his take on today's hearings and much, much more. Congressman Armstrong, welcome back to Point of View. Uh, the most important thing that came out of today's Mueller hearings is what? Uh, is that I think we, it, it just reestablishes there was no collusion, there was no obstruction. I, I, the Democrats wanted a huge show, and I think it was more of a fizzle. Uh, that's the most important thing I think comes out of today. So to be fair, though, there were some questions about obstruction. And again, you might want to get into the prosecutorial aspect of this, but he says that, hey, I did not exonerate President Trump from obstruction. Your response to that? My response to that would be, have anybody watched Congressman Ratcliffe's opening statement? I've been a criminal defense attorney for 10 years of my life, and exoneration is a brand new legal standard that never existed until this report was here. You can even tell in um, Chairman Nadler's opening statement, I think I counted at least four double negatives in the questioning. And that's the problem when you talk about that level of proof. You know, I mean, being able to prove a negative is almost impossible in any situation. And I, I, I agree with Congressman Ratcliffe. Nobody, this standard of proof should be no different for the president or anybody else, let alone, I mean, requiring innocence. That's never happened in a federal prosecution anywhere in this country before. Great point. There was another one of your colleagues that also said, hey, it's, he can't exonerate. The DOJ can't exonerate. Nobody has that power to exonerate. You prosecute. You make a decision or a declination. And obviously, he went a different direction to put that piece in there about this does not exonerate President Trump. Congressman, I got to get this from you because you're in the room. You're in that entire hearing. Most of our audience tonight is just going to see, you know, highlights throughout this event and both of these hearings. I did the best I could to watch all of it. And I want to ask you this. Based on the hearing today and being in the room, two things, sir. One, how actively involved do you think Bob Mueller was in this investigation, in this report? And number two, and I look, I respect his service to our country. There are some reports. There may be some some health issues for him. I mean, it just it just seemed like he was really didn't have a great grasp of what was taking place. Well, I, that, and that's why I did the line of questioning I did because this wasn't a one-man operation, and I think. Um, Mr. Mueller testified about that today. That's why I was trying to point out that over half of his legal team had a direct conflict of interest and either had a political, personal, or professional relationship with Hillary Clinton. Listen, this isn't about political affi affiliation. This is about federal law and conflicts of interest and bias and perceived bias. And I mean, that, that's the same for a prosecutor in a special investigation or a prosecutor in Stark County Court in North Dakota. And then I, I guess from the other side of it, I think if you're going to base your entire premise of an investigation that never gave you what you wanted on the premise that uh, the guy leading the investigation is this absolute bedrock institution in Washington, D.C., then he should probably look like that. And I, and, and I don't think that was the Bob Mueller that testified today. That's my question. I mean, being in the room, did you get the sense that this gentleman had a, a firm and good grasp of the report of the investigation? 
Well, I mean, I didn't get a, I didn't get the sense that he had a great grasp of the hearing. I mean, he, he was repeating questions. He was asking to have things said back to him. They were looking back and forth. But no, I, I mean, he obviously had a ton of help writing this report, and a, and a lot of that help was people that had direct conflicts of interest. And I think that's an important fact. It's an important fact in any investigation, let alone the most significant um, investigation that's happened in this town in a generation. So I want to get to the core of the purpose of your question. I'm going to give our audience some context first, Congressman, and then let, give you a chance to respond to that. But for example, Andrew Weissman, I think you even mentioned this in your question today. He was at Hillary Clinton's what was supposed to be a celebration party. It didn't turn out that way. But another person that Bob Mueller hired, and you know, let me frame it this way first, sir. Do you remember why Jeff Sessions recused himself? Yeah, I mean, Jeff Kessins recused himself because he thought he was a potential fact witness for um, things that happened on the campaign in relation to the Russia investigation. Yeah, because he met a Russian at a GOP convention as part of the Armed Services Committee. He met a Russian in his office, which last time I checked, if you're on the Senate Armed Services Committee, that's okay. So to give some context to our audience, he recuses himself, and yet Bob Mueller has Andrew Weissman plus... Jeannie Ree, I believe is how you say her name, sir, but just to give people an example, she previously represented Hillary Clinton during the 2015 lawsuit regarding her private emails. She also represented ex-Obama National Security Advisor Ben Rhodes and the Clinton Foundation for a racketeering case in 2015. Two things. One, how does Ree take the job? And two, how does Bob Mueller hire her? Well, and we asked those questions, and he wouldn't answer those questions today. There's, there's two sides to this. One, whether these people were properly vetted for, for bias or for the appearance of bias. And, and two, whether they volunteered this information before they took this job. Regardless of how you feel about politics, I would say donate, having, having six lawyers on your team that donated at least $12,000 to Hillary Clinton's campaign, I mean, that's the opponent of the person you're investigating. I've been, I've, I've been around conflict of interest cases a lot in a courtroom, I don't know if you could have a more significant conflict of interest than that. It's just stunning to me, sir. So with that being said, to show the conflict of interest, I'm going to give a prime example today. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume here that 95, 99% of the audience tonight is going to have heard of, heard of a thing called Fusion GPS. In Bob Mueller's report, he talks about a company uh, that put together the dossier, which was Fusion GPS. So I'm asking you, Congressman, is it any way, shape, or form plausible, possible, that Bob Mueller, which he said today, has never heard of Fusion GPS. No, I don't think that's possible. I, I think if you are involved in this, if this in this area, and you are involved in this town and been involved in this investigation, you'd have to be a, hidden under a rock, underneath another rock, to not hear about Fusion GPS. And that is one of the frustrating things on our side. I mean, this investigation started somewhere, and he refused to answer any questions about the, about the genesis of this investigation. And I think uh, our, my colleague Jim Jordan said it best. I mean, we're glad Bill Barr is looking into that because that's important as well. So I don't understand the laws like you do. I mean, to, for him to say, hey, I've never heard of Fusion GPS, when, when it's in the report, he mentions the company, he doesn't say him by name, but I mean, is that perjury? I think it goes to the quality of witness he was all day. I, I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, he misspoke with one of the Democratic congressmen. He had to go in front of the Intelligence Committee and actually correct the record on what he had said earlier in the day. And listen, I don't care who you are. If you're going to testify for seven hours in front of a congressional hearing, that's a long, grueling day. But 
I go back to the fact that this is, I mean, this was obviously driven by Democrats. This was always going to be a political theater, and I just don't think they got what they wanted out of it today because I don't think anybody who watched this today uh, would lean more towards impeachment than they did before they, before they turned on the TVs this morning. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, even, even Chuck Todd from Meet the Press said the optics were a complete disaster. I want to ask you this, sir. Jim Jordan is referring to Joseph Missoud as the person that sort of initiated the counterintelligence investigation. But I think what obviously initially started this whole Russia, Russia, Russia conversation was the idea, or at least what's been now an indictment against Russians for the DNC servers uh, that was never brought up today. President Trump has often asked, hey, where's the server? Where's the server? Uh, I guess, one, why was it never brought up? And two, do you know if Bob Mueller or the FBI has ever physically had their hands on this DNC server? You know, I don't, and I, 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 w I just will push back a little bit. I, I, it was brought up. It was brought up by Congressman Jordan. The point is, is that um, Bob Mueller wouldn't answer any questions about that, and I think that's why it's so imperative that um, Attorney General Barr is going into that because, and Bob Mueller said it. He said it's not, it's beyond his purview. I would disagree with that. I would say if the if the basis of this conversation was 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 Russian collusion and our or Russian interference in our elections, a lot of this information is relevant not only to the committee but the American people. But I think so that part was frustrating. But I'm glad the Attorney General is looking into it. Thank you for that correction, sir. I did not see that part of the testimony. So let me ask you this. Uh, allegedly, these servers were hacked by the Russians, right? He indicted this IRA. We're never going to get him extradited, so we'll never really know. So, one, why not subpoena that server? And two, I think it's important for audience to note that we're just taking the word of CrowdStrike, a company that is a DNC vendor, and we're supposed to believe them that, yeah, it was the Russians. Your reaction? Well, and that's the point, and that's why you have to get, I mean, it, it, there's one of two things happened. Either the Russians did it or people are lying about the Russians doing it, and you're right. I mean, this started as a partisan political operation, and to just assume that it's all true without having any veracity to that is, is, has been frustrating, and I think it's, it's naive. So is there a possibility that the Russians didn't hack the DNC server? No, I mean, I don't know. I think we need to see, we need to have that laid out, and that's why what um, Attorney General Barr is doing is so imperative. And I mean, uh, Republican members on the Intelligence Committee are serious about that, and we just need to, we need to follow this all the way back. All right, most important thing, sir, we've spent roughly $35 million now, two-plus years of Russia, 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 and there's no there there. Where do we go from here? Well, hopefully go back to doing the work of the American people, passing USMCA, working towards, uh, working towards uh, solving, uh, solving our issues and going towards that. I mean, immigration issues, we have all of these things we can be dealing with, prescription drug prices. We can do all of these things. We can do them in the hearing in the committee I'm on if we just take time away from having these show hearings that don't deliver on any, pro any of the promises that de the Democrats say they're going to deliver on. Congressman Armstrong, again, great job today in the hearing. President Trump did retweet you, retweet you so kudos on that. You just mentioned, hey, Chris, now we can move on to the things that matter. So let's talk about this budget deal. Uh, when we had you on during the campaign, even a little bit after the campaign, you said, hey, Chris, I'm kind of surprised. A couple things that, that always come up when I'm out talking to the people of North Dakota is immigration, but also is the debt and the deficit. They've got this budget deal now that may get brought up by the end of the week for you to vote on. I want to share with you what uh, Senator Kevin Kramer has said about this deal and give you a chance to respond. He said, uh, there's a piece in Politico says, Senator Kramer called the president and left him a message on Tuesday assuring his support for this deal to blunt conservative blowback, knowing that it's going to create this trillion dollar deficit and beyond. Are you going to vote yay or nay on this budget deal? 
Yeah, right now I'm definitely leaning as a no. Um, I campaigned on this issue, and I understand. I mean, everybody has to make their own determination. The, the defense spending in this is absolutely essential. But I think we always get put in those situations, and we always we always end up having to take something, <laughs> take something terrible to get something we really need. And you know, I serve on different committees. I serve in the minority. Um, uh, Senator Kramer serves on a, uh, on a lot of the military committees, so he comes at it probably from a different side than I do. But as of right now, I'm leaning as a no. Congressman, one more thing I want to get at. Um, Representative Steve Driskowski out of Minnesota has now filed uh, an ethics investigation into Representative Elon Omar for potential immigration fraud, marriage fraud, tax fraud, and student loan fraud because she went to NDSU. Your reaction to this possible investigation, do you support an ethics investigation into Representative Omar? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know where exactly it's filed. I think the, I think the citizens of Minnesota have an, have an opportunity to understand what they know. But more importantly, I hope the citizens of her district are paying attention, not just to these types of things, but to the type of rhetoric that she says when she's out in Washington, D.C. Because I have a lot of friends and, um, uh, and people from Minnesota that I know, and that just doesn't seem to me to be Minnesota values. So as a as a they get they get a recall election every two years in the U.S. House, and I and I hope they exercise it. Which is a great point, but you know she won her district, I think, with like 70, 80 percent. So as a U.S. congressman, would you support or even lead an ethics investigation into her based on the evidence that's out there? Uh, you know, I, I've always said the best way, to, the best solution to these types of things is elections, um, and I'm not entirely sure how how even that process works. I'm in the middle of the Mueller investigation and defending the president on a daily basis right now. I, that's for uh, the citizens of Minnesota have definitely have more remedies available to them than we do here. You're a former state legislator um, in 2017 with Representative Omar. She was just a state House member in Minnesota in 2017. There's pictures of her. Uh, having a private meeting with the president of Turkey, Erdogan, as a former state legislator, did you ever have a meeting or take phone calls from presidents of other countries? I did not. In fact, the one thing I've learned more about since I've been in D.C. since um, since I've been here is how that type of stuff works. I never had the occasion to meet with foreign leaders. We we may have had some things with our neighbors to the north in Canada, but that was about it. Does it seem odd to you that a state legislator would meet with the president of Turkey? I don't know any of the background on that or on that meeting at all, but yeah, it seems a little odd. I think we need a FISA, my friend. <laughs> since, you're, since you're in the middle of the Mueller investigation, we have one on Carter Page. Let's get one on well, Elon Omar. You, 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 you and I could have a long, you and I could have a longer conversation about FISA warrants in general. I, I can promise you that. Well, let's do that another time, Congressman Armstrong. Again, great job in today's hearing. We appreciate your time, sir. Keep up the great work. We'll talk to you again soon.